Hello and welcome to Blind Tag, the wrestling show for people who don't watch wrestling. As always, I am your co-host, Ron Delvolano. And I am your co-host, Matt Raddick. Thank you for joining me once again, Matt, for episode number eight. My pleasure. We're almost there. We've almost made it to the very end of wrestling. (laughs) We're coming to the end. Very excited about that. Uh, Before we get into it, we have Mm -hmm. a lot to cover. Got a lot to unpack here. A Mm pay-per-view, a a week of uh, whatever happened this week. Yep. Yep. That's... What we usually Hot talk wrestling about. wrestling action. Uh, so for two pay-per-views now in a row, you have mm. been the reigning champion. Mm, yes, let's talk about it. So we had Backlash and then Extreme Rules. We Correct. each did a, we did a, we did the card. We said who mm-hmm. we thought was going to win. Mm-hmm. I uh, was, I, I, I lost both times this, this time around. I was. I'm sorry, what, what was that? You, you won? I lost. You, you lost. Oh, I, you lost. I didn't win. Which I, I means wouldn't that, say I lost. Which means that I won. I wouldn't say I lost. Uh, I didn't win. Well, there has to I be lost, a winner. I lost a lot of time. And there has to be a loser. And I think you are the loser. I I am the loser on this show. <laughs> every every minute and every second that I spend working on this show, I feel <laughs> as though I'm losing. Uh, but yeah, we I I offered you a prize. You did offer from me a the prize. last time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from Backlash, mm-hmm. and now from Extreme Rules. I'm going to carry it over. Okay, I let you choose one item off of the five dollar menu <laughs> from the from the WWE shop because they had a sale. Mm-hmm. And Matt. I have something for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Look at that. What did I get Look you? Look at that. It is a stunning Kevin Owens shirt. It is Beautiful. delightful. It's, oh, man. This is great. And as part of my losing, yes. part of my punishment. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God. What's, uh, what's, what's Ron, going on right here? Ron's unbuttoning a shirt. Oh, boy. Ron's unbuttoning. Oh, my gosh. Ron bought a matching T-shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing the same Kevin Owens T-shirt right now. <laughs> that is incredible. I was walking down the street earlier. I really want to take this flannel off because it's pretty warm. Uh, <laughs> I was walking down the street on my way home from work, and uh, there was a guy wearing a Macho Man shirt. Oh, yeah. And I almost like quickly unbuttoned my shirt to be like, Kevin Owens, I got, I got one too. I got one too. But then I was like... I really, it, well, then I almost it did like a snap into a Slim Jim thing. Yeah. But then I was like, I really don't want to talk to this guy about yeah. wrestling yeah. or at all. <laughs> you I just want to go home and talk to, to Matt talk about, about wrestling. wrestling. You, the last thing you wanted to do is, is throw in some more minutes of talking about Right, yeah, about I just wrestling. wanted to come home and I was like, now I'll, I'll waste it all with Matt. I feel like some, some if someone walked up to me and was exposing themselves and uh, just know, slowly, quickly, quickly unbuttoning their unbutton shirt, their I would not be <laughs> Look what I got, look what I got. see what happens. <laughs> I'm like you. <laughs> we have the same things. Oh, boy. Man, I can't wait to wear this T-shirt every time we record now and so yeah. we can be twinsies. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure the internet will see. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. They will. I felt, I felt like I needed um, a piece of merch so that if people see us in public or, or right. something. It can, be a, it can be a conversation starter. Yeah, exactly. Can, yeah. You know, you can say, hey, look at my shirt. And then you can be like, look at my podcast. And then Look you can at my st- podcast. You can steal their phone and, and rate and review our that's, podcast. Yeah, that's how it's it works. It's all according to plan. Welcome to Blind Tag. Welcome to Blind Tag. Thanks, Ron. I'm, I will wear this with with pride, with the pride of a champion, of a of a maharaja. The pride of a maharaja. <laughs> the pride of a prince, Kevin Owens. Yes, prince. Yes, I think if Jinder Mahal is the king, the maharaja. Then, oh, is it the king? Shit. Okay. Kevin my Owens bad. is certainly the prince. Yeah, I think I, I think I read that maharaja translates just to like king not like a direct translation it but it's pre- equivalent yeah. let's let's not keep being wrong and let's yeah. move well, on yeah there you go better, better, better quit the next best ahead. thing to be wrong about so so what as much as i would love to bask in the glory of my own victory 
yeah. extreme rules. I think we have some other wins and losses to discuss. You um, want to go down the card? Um, extreme rules? Know, I don't know if the, we need to talk about it. I, I guess it was a short card. It was only like six matches. Uh, Nomdar was not as exciting as I thought he no, was going to be. No, he was not. He, was he not. And he got his ass whooped he pretty sure quick. Did. Yeah, by, by, in part by Sasha Banks. In part by great. Sasha Banks, yeah, yeah. She pushed him around. I'd like to also point out that I, uh, I promised there would be one intergender strike, and I was exactly right. Sasha hit the double knees on Noam Dar, and Noam Dar, excuse me. She shoved him too. And I, I don't think, think so. there was more than that. one. I didn't see that. Eh. I was right. I was. Uh, anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. That's fine. I'm so just, that happened. You said that you actually liked that match, though, right? I liked uh, Richard Swan. Richard Swan. Yeah. Richard Swan. Mm-hmm. He was real great. He yeah. was great. Yeah, he's uh, he's very nimble mm-hmm. for for a buff boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a he's a little buff boy. He's under two hundred and five pounds. Oh, okay. therefore he's a cruiserweight. Yeah, he's real small. Yeah, um, yeah. There's been a lot of good stuff from them. I like a part of me likes that I basically ignore the cruiserweights except for at the pay per views because then I just like pop in and I'm like, oh wow, this was great. You guys are you guys are really good at this. Rather than seeing like my nine hundredth Ms. Dean Ambrose match and just being like, okay, well here we are. Here we are again, back in this this lovely land. But that was also an okay match. I actually thought it was a really good match, uh, to be fair. I really liked that they kept... So we, we talked about how we both predicted that The Miz would win this match. I think most people thought that The Miz was going to win this match. The yes, we did. I'm looking, was, I'm looking at the card now. We both predicted it. I was right about mm-hmm. that one. You were right. Great job, Thank Bob. you. Uh, this stipulation certainly favored The Miz more than it favored Dean Ambrose. Uh, you know, took away his champion's advantage. And I really liked that they gave all these teases of, like, ways in which uh, the, the Miz could have gotten Dean to disqualify. You know, they pulled the, the turnbuckle off. They had Maurice slap him, which didn't end up working. You know, Yeah, had... there, was, there was a lot going on to kind of implicate yeah. Dean Ambrose. But in the end, Miz essentially won clean. I mean, it was a little bit underhanded in the fact that, like, Ambrose was distracted by trying to plead to the ref. I would the say it was definitely underhanded. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't as underhanded as it could have been. The Miz pinned him. He did. Correct. But the ref was about to throw him out anyway for something he didn't do. Well, that, he was about that, to throw out Dean Ambrose. Yes, Dean Ambrose. That Miz yeah. did. Yeah, but he still hit his finisher and pinned him one, okay. two, three in the ring. Fair enough. It was. I mean, it, it was not like. It was not that Dean Ambrose was disqualified and then the Miz won because right, of yeah. that. So it was it was actually like a pinfall victory, which I kind of hope somewhat puts their feud to bed because I'm ready to see someone else work with the Miz. But at the same time, you know, Dean was but it clearly heavily involved didn't. on Monday night. So <laughs> so uh, here we go again. That was a great that was a great bit. Yeah, that Miz Dean Ambrose segment. Let's talk, yeah, let's just talk about yeah, that real quick. It. So the Miz is uh, parading around yep. his. His winnings. Celebrating. I think he's calling it the, the Miz Intercontinental Championship Comeback Tour or something like that. Beautiful. I don't, yeah. It's it's delightful. That makes sense. Having a celebration in the ring. The magical Miz-tory tour, would Ooh, you say? That's pretty good there, Ronnie. Oh, thank you. Uh, right off the dome. Yeah. I So I really like, and I hope that this is what they continue doing, but like this this like growing paranoia that Miz has of just like, you know, every, everything and everyone is out to get him. Like, Are we going to see a broken Miz? Maybe, maybe, maybe everyone's Hashtag just gonna broken, break. yeah, broken WWE, <laughs> broken WWE. I yeah, like you know, being afraid of this bear. First of all, Miz wrestled a bear, which is great, and is is okay. Wait, 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 Go, take a step back. What? So Miz was in the ring, mm-hmm. uh, showing off. Mm-hmm. And there was uh there were balloons that said Miz, yep. and he had champagne. Yeah, and there was a person in a bear costume holding a sign that said like "Congrats" or something. Hashtag Miz Bear. Yes. Hashtag Miz Bear. 
Miz didn't wrestle there. I just wanted to get that <laughs> out there. This is a show for people who don't watch wrestling. He, I don't. I don't. I need you to not just say like, "Oh yeah, Miz Miz wrestled for some wildlife." No, I mean in the he, ring. He attacked the bear and he attacked he, the man in the bear costume. He attacked the bear and he hit the skull crushing finale on him. He did, and he thought it was ripped Dean the bear's head off. To reveal was, a human head. <laughs> who was it? Uh, just some guy. It was just some, some guy. Yeah, okay. Guy. I wasn't of, sure. A lot of times, the, I don't know if it was in this case, but a lot of times when they do something like that, it's actually like a local indie wrestler that they like pay to, you know, come out and help he out. He looked like he could have been a wrestler. Exactly. That's why I was confused. Yeah, they don't, they generally don't take just like Joe Schmo off the street to come take a bump, but like get some, some guy to, you know. I'd do that. I would do that in a heartbeat, yeah. I know you would. Well, okay, I guess that's fair. I'm conceding that I would do that. (laughs) You would gladly take a bump from the Miz. Yeah. I did so this is like a like a super by the dumpster behind a club. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a super, super weird callback. Okay, so the Miz and Daniel Bryan have had this sort of ongoing feud when the Miz was on uh SmackDown and Daniel Bryan, well, Daniel Bryan's still the GM, but he's also a dad right now. So they had this thing going on where basically Daniel Bryan was saying the Miz can't wrestle and Miz was saying like, yes, he can. And then started making fun of Daniel Bryan for basically not being able to wrestle anymore. It was this whole big, long feud. It was, it was actually really great. Um, but it resulted in the Miz starting to adopt some of Daniel Bryan's moves. And so he does a lot of like the same kind of kicks he does. He does the, Oh yeah. He's mentioned this before. Yeah. He does Daniel Bryan's finishing move, not as his finishing move, but as just a, another move that he does. He did it, uh, against Dean Ambrose and it was really sick. Uh, but, Daniel Bryan has had this long-standing thing of saying the one thing he wanted to do in the WWE was to wrestle a bear. And they oh. they shot this, like, really weird sort of documentary thing about, like, leading up to, I think, WrestleMania 30, he had a match with a bear. It was, like, yeah, another man in a bear costume right. or whatever. Uh, it's on YouTube somewhere. It's really silly. And then I just thought it was a really nice... Did the match actually happen? It was... No, I mean, it was, like, it was... A, they just, like, shot a video of, like... Okay. Daniel Bryan in the ring with a bear. Not a real bear, but... Right, right, right. But, but oh, there was no, like, sure there the wasn't actually like happened a crowd that. there or anything like that. Gotcha. So this was kind of a callback to that. Exactly. I don't know if, it, if that's what they were going for. It might have just been, like, a really, really, a really deep, subtle... That's a deep Arrested Development level cut exactly, there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's so some maybe, world, world building from three Daniel years Bryan ago. Maybe Daniel Bryan will come back with a vengeance and say, I don't know, that was my bear or something like that. I don't know. It was funny. It was, I, it I enjoyed was it. his, like, brother or something? Yeah. But I really liked that there was, you know, like I said, this like growing paranoia of the of the Miz, like wondering, you know, what's going on, and if if Dean Ambrose or somebody else is out to get him. There's a lot of just paranoia. Happening this is a funny Raw. segment because it was so fucking cheesy. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I really liked it. Way like over the top. And I'm I'm great. starting to like the Miz as a bad guy. Yeah, he. I mean, he's one of my favorite heels right now. Like he's. He does the the same thing that Alexa does and that he, like, you know, talks down the crowd. And I think that's, like, one of the best things heels can do in general. You know, he said something about, like, the crowd started chanting, this is awesome. And he was just like, you guys say this about everything. It's completely lost his meaning, which was just, like, so, so brilliant. Can we can we uh, take a sec? Speaking of talking down the crowd, mm-hmm. uh, can we talk about the drifter, Elias Samson? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I feel like this was a fevered dream that I had, but... Okay. I remember him being at Extreme Rules. He was at Extreme Rules. Did he wrestle anybody? He sure did not. He wrestled the audience <laughs> with his guitar. Yeah. He, I mean, th- yeah, this is... He also did this on Monday. I didn't send you the clip, but he performed a song to the crowd again. and About how shitty Baltimore was. Yeah, something at, like At Extreme that. Rules. It was very funny. He was yeah. in Baltimore, and he was like, I was walking around, and it inspired me to write this song that's just about <laughs> how stinky and shitty the city is. Yeah, that's like kind of his thing. Like, for what it... like. 
for whatever reason, his gimmick, he doesn't seem like he's an exceptionally talented musician, but for whatever it's reason, fine. his ta- his gimmick is that he is a musician and just like writes these like shitty songs. I think he really just needs to start being like at the end of every one of these songs, be like, thanks. Now here's Wonderwall. And that'll like really get us some heal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I like that. He's basically like the world's heal. Like he's, <laughs> he's the drifter, but not cause he's like out finding himself. It's cause he like fucking hates every place that he goes and yeah. just keeps writing yeah, shitty good. songs about it. Like went to Baltimore, it sucked. So I got to keep going, else. and then yeah, it's great. It's a good. It's, it's not that he didn't find himself. It's that what he found was such garbage that he had to fight some guys <laughs> and then keep going. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, so the other thing that is that I'm excited for is that like it seems like there's some tension between Miz and Maurice, which I think could be uh, an interesting oh, well yeah. to 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 dive down. Obviously, like this is just the beginning of it, but basically. The end of this segment was uh, was this gift comes out and Maria, the, whoa, combining names here. The Miz in his paranoia decides decides to like attack the gift. He like yeah. drops an it's elbow. A giant. On it this. was a, it was a human sized gift. Yeah, right. So he thought for sure it was Dean Ambrose. Yeah, a Trojan horse, exactly. That he was going to attack him, uh, and he ends up destroying this gift. Turns out it was from Maurice. It was a grandfather clock. I'm sure it was a very nice clock. It was beautiful. And Maurice basically leaves in an, in a tizzy because she's upset that, you know, rightfully so, that Miz destroyed her present. So I th- I like this idea. Like, again, this feud for, for me was really, really boring when it was just Dean Ambrose chasing after, or, well, when it was the Miz chasing after Dean Ambrose trying to get his title back because there was nothing interesting about Dean. Right. But now that Dean is chasing the title, I like this idea that, like, he can start to do some sort of, like, comical, silly things to, like, try and, you know, get in Miz's head. Maybe there's some tension with Maurice. Maybe, like, Miz starts to go crazy a little bit or whatever. Um, and I, I I don't know. I'm just really glad that the, that the belt has switched in this instance because I think it just gives them a lot more material to work with. And yeah. ho- hopefully it'll be a lot more interesting. And the, the conclusion for anybody who didn't watch mm, is that right. uh, Dean was there. He was dressed as yeah. a cameraman. He was dressed and as a cameraman. <laughs> after Miz freaked out and uh, his wife left and he broke the clock and he yep. beat up the bear, mm-hmm. uh, Dean just happened to be there to, to lay him out for a minute. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then walk away. Man, really a rough day. You met, rough like day. going in to celebrate your, your big victory, your big promotion at the office, and you, know, you yeah. end up attacking a bear, ruining a present. Getting in a fight with your wife and then getting beat up. It sounds like a really miserable day. Yeah, sounds like Tuesday. Some a bad case of the Mondays, am I right? Right, yeah. Uh, like Garfield syndrome out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what else happened to Extreme Rules, Ron? Everything did. Everything happened. Uh Alexa Bliss. Mm, yes. Oh, Bailey fell to Alexa Bliss? Yes. Yeah, she did. And then disappeared on Monday. Bailey was nowhere to be found. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see... You didn't send me a clip of her. It was was that, like, a part of there. the story, or she just wasn't there? Uh, they, didn't re- they didn't mention anything about it, but I think... There's been a lot of conversation on the the wrestling internet uh, the past week or so about how WWE has you know kind of mismanaged Bailey and how they're not really sure what to do with Bailey because she was hugely hugely popular when she was on NXT she won the championship on Raw but it just never seemed to work right and then this feud with Alexa never really seemed to go anywhere either um, and so there's just a lot of sort of conversation about how they botched it and there's some concern that they're going to kind of take Bailey off the air for a while and maybe try and like work with her and repackage her a little bit um, but you know Alexa essentially started a feud with Naya this week so yeah what, what happened there you sent me the video of them fighting and mm-hmm. then the other the other gals came out and interfered right. so right. she basically got the got the the W doing the the Dean Ambrose uh, yeah right in, oh no the this Miz, is more yeah. of a Miz style yeah, interference right. so uh 
Alexa got disqualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the setup for this, or no, Nia got disqualified. Uh, yeah, Nia got Alexa disqualified. Got hit. And Alexa got the win. Yeah, um, and then retained the championship. Obviously, so the setup for this, which I couldn't find on the internet for whatever reason, was basically that Kurt Angle uh, was talking to Alexa and was like, "Hey, you know, you beat Bailey, and you promised Nia Jax that she was going to have a match as soon as you were finished with uh, Bailey." So. Tonight, you're going to face Nia Jax for the championship. And Alexa was immediately like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know, let's not get carried away here, Kurt. Uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, but Kurt was like, you got to do that anyway. So then she went backstage and was like trying to basically enlist backup. So she talked to Mickey James. She talked to Dana Brooke. And was like, do you guys want to come? Like She was like, basically, we have a Nia Jax problem. I know you guys don't really like me right now, but we got to take care of her You know, if we're gonna if we're going to get anywhere in this division. And they were just like, nah. Don't care. Don't care about you at all. So they were like, but we will be at r- ringside just in case you try and, like, escape Nye or something like that. So that's what happened. The match starts. Uh, Mickey and Dana Brooke come out, and they're hanging out ringside while Alexa is basically running away from Nia Jax. And then it ends up being that Alexa goes out of the ring. She gets in a scuffle with uh, with Dana and Mickey. One of them hits her, which causes Nia to be disqualified. So now it's everyone versus Alexa. Basically, but the thing is, is like Nia is not siding with with Mickey James and Dana Brooke, which I th- I thought was really really interesting. The I think the very like obvious straightforward thing to do here would basically to have Nia effectively turn face and then just be an ally with Dana Brooke and Mickey James. But uh, D- Nia Jackson came out ringside and attacked Mickey James and Dana Brooke right away, and was just basically like, "Don't interfere with my match. I've got this by, by myself." So Nia hates Alexa. Nia hates Mickey and Dana Brooke. And, like, likewise, there's just, like, the, I guess the only people that like each other are Dana Brooke and Mickey James. And then Bailey likes everyone, I assume, so. I wrote a note down. Yeah. And it's in my planner, which is uh, nowhere near me right now. Okay. Who is, who was involved, I'm sorry, I'm going to, this is just going to be a rough segue. Okay. Who was involved in the uh, women's five-way match on SmackDown? A rough segue, indeed. Uh, the I'm going to bring it back for the for the money in the bank. Sure. Thing? Yes, it was Carmella, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Tamina. Tamina, stop. Okay, there. Okay. <laughs> the note that I wrote was Tamina uh-huh. and Naya. Uh-huh. Because thinking back on my idea of if there was like a wrestler who <laughs> transformed into a bigger version, it's definitely Seth Rollins turning into. Uh, Roman Reigns, but then Tamina, <laughs> Tamina, Tamina, Tamina will totally transform into Naya. Uh, that they, she looks like a, a smaller version, and I looked it up. She's like four inches short. No, no, no. She's uh, Naya's like six four. Naya's six four. Tamina's five nine. I think okay. so. Right. She's not more. She's like seven inches shorter. Yeah, right, right. And she's like like fifty pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like an upgrade. <laughs> A physical, like in in physical oh stature. Oh my gosh! Great job. That's, that's so fantastic. there you go. So, yeah. So the idea is like like Tamina's out there fighting, and she's obviously tough. She can mm-hmm, hold her own. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you make her angry and you won't like her when she's angry, yep. Uh, stadium goes dark. You hear a roar. There's a there's a little like Bray Wyatt. You yeah, know, you, you quick see the, cutting thing. Exactly, and then uh, the transformation is complete, and Nia Jax comes <laughs> out as as. Tamina. Tamina. <laughs> the meaner Tamina. Oh boy, that's brilliant, Ron. You should again. You, we, someone should be Why paying am I you not for all these ideas. For, yeah. Can we be like a guest writer for <laughs> like a week? We write an episode of of Raw or SmackDown or or just a week of programming. I'm sure they would be they'd be thrilled. I mean, two 
famous, successful podcast hosts. Podcasters. What, what, you know, why wouldn't they want that on their, on their television? You're the guys from, from Blind Tag? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's us. Ne- we don't know that. <laughs> Never heard of it. From Blind what? Blind who? How did you get here? Who let you in here? <laughs> What's a podcast? <laughs> What's a podcast? You talk about a visual medium? And but there's no visual aspect to your show, so it's just it's just words, it's just sounds about 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 a show, about a TV show. You're just talking about a TV show. So it's like the radio, but you're talking about about people who are doing like a highly active activity, but there's no visual component. So you mean to yeah, tell me that's what we do? So you mean to tell me that you talk for an hour about a three-hour television show and a two-hour television show? People just watch five hours of TV, and you want them to listen for another hour? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's, that's what we do. It. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what we do. That's that's the elevator pitch right there. That's the elevator pitch. This is why we're so successful. Everybody loves our programming. So you mean to tell me that you just take the stuff that we wrote <laughs> and condense it, make jokes that aren't funny, <laughs> and then tell your friends to listen to it? Yep, yep, that's about it. And then your friends pretend to like it? Yep, yeah, yeah, so that's about it. That's right. what your show is? Uh-huh. We All made right. stickers. <laughs> oh boy let's get back to business and here. scene and scene well done uh what else happened at extreme rules uh oh the tag match the old the old cage match there this is stuff like i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about because we could talk about th- this and the fatal five way for so long sure and it didn't really was there okay the fatal five way had consequences this week did we see mm-hmm. the hardy boys or seamus and cesaro at all this week cesaro and seamus beat up Heath Slater and Rhino, and the Hardys were just not on TV at all. Okay, they so that seems happened. all super irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so I just what... do want to say quickly that yeah. I think that I th- I'm I'm thinking less that the the broken gimmick or whatever happens next with the Hardys, I think it's going to have a lot less to do with Sheamus and Cesaro allegedly breaking them, and I think it's going to be much more about a feud between Matt and Jeff. And I'm wondering now if they're basically going to like, if this is going to be a very, very quick run for the Hardys and they're basically going to have a blow off feud where like Matt and Jeff turn against each other and they have some kind of crazy match and then they just like go away forever. Um, but yeah, okay. basically the, 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 the fact that Jeff left the cage first and basically abandoned Matt in the ring and then he went back to save him. He did. He came back to save him. Unsuccessfully. Exactly. And then ended up, he couldn't get out of the cage fast enough, which meant that they lost. I think it just like, there's a lot of seeds that, that could lead to Matt being really pissed at Jeff for it. So I just want to get this on the air so that yeah. if I'm right, there's a record of it. Well, I mean, obviously they're listening to our show and writing the episodes based on it. That's true. Sometimes. That's true. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm just seeding my idea. Seamus and Cesaro won. Seamus and Cesaro won. They are your new tag team champions. Uh, I... One quick comment about the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. I was looking at old pictures of them from the 90s, and Jeff Hardy looks yeah. exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hardy, he just looks a lot happier now. <laughs> like, I know that he's got, like, like he's kind of crazy, and he's got, like, the, he, they're slowly working on this broken thing. But, like, he just seems like he's having a lot more fun these days. Like, he's not, like, an edgy 90s wrestler guy anymore. Yeah, right. He's just kind of... Uh, not super in shape. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like he's having a a good time. He's out having there. A, he's having a good old time. Yeah, yeah, all his all his like promo pictures, he's just doing this like ridiculous Yeah, like grin. toothy, yeah. wide mouth grin. It's it's a delight. Yeah. Uh, delightful. And tremendous. his brother looks pissed. I here I'm sure you're looking yeah. at the same thing I am right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just such it, it's so funny. He looks like a, he looks like just like a very happy dog. 
He's yeah, kind of yeah. He's just happy to be I here. See that. Doesn't care whatever. Yeah, I, th- I mean that's part of the whole like broken thing is like him. We, uh, that's why his hair is dyed that way. That's why he has that. Right, he's a little insane. Face. Yeah, exactly. He's a, lost he's, a few more. But he's loving life. He's just loving life. Happy to be here. It's crazy about life. I do think that he's. Pr- they're probably actually genuinely pretty happy to be here. Like, I know. Matt's Matt's WWE run had its ups and downs. Jeff they made into like a pretty big star, but like Matt ended up dealing with some like actually pretty terrible shit uh, on the job, and I can't imagine it was super fun. Tell so, me about it. Well, the the long and short of it is basically that he was dating someone who was also a wrestler. Uh, then that woman started dating another wrestler instead, and then they turned that into a feud. Uh, and Matt and well, okay, okay, so Matt was dating Lita. Lita then started dating Edge, and then Matt and Edge had a feud and a bunch of matches and stuff like that. And I just really can't imagine that, like, that is the best way to deal with a breakup. Okay, so in terms of, like, writing, that's really cool. Oh, yeah, the combining. And and we've talked about this a lot, like, uh, like kind of mixing the kayfabe with what's going on in real life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, man, I, ugh, terrible, terrible, terrible. That's why you don't date your coworkers. Well, there you go. But you now don't he's... date your coworkers, and you don't date in the friend circle. <laughs> These are the rules. Those are the rules that I live by, and that I tell people whenever, whenever, all the time. People all are coming t- up to me, <laughs> strangers on the street wearing Macho Man shirts, and yep. they're like, "Ron, thinking about dating my coworker," <laughs> and I say, "Listen," I said, first of all, you snap into a slim gym, and then." You don't date your coworkers, and you don't date in the friend circle unless you are planning on marrying that person. Unless you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person <laughs> and make it good forever. Just don't do it. You're going to make things horrible. You're going to end up in a feud with, with Edge. With Edge, yeah. And you're going to have to talk about it on, on not-so-live TV. Mm-hmm. And live TV, actually, right? Yeah, on live TV. You're going to have to talk about it on live TV. They're going to make you have an awkward stage sex scene in the middle of the ring. Jesus. It was really, it was, it was a very weird time for the WWE. I, I, okay, we can talk about that yeah. on a bonus episode. Ooh. On a boner episode. This has been Ron's Sorry relationship about that joke. corner. Boners. <laughs> I'm sorry about boner. this joke. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Let's this get is away a terrible from this. Thing. <laughs> hey, don't date your coworkers. Noted. Duly That's noted. Some free Ron. advice. Uh, should we just, just talk? About don't the date. Don't date. Be alone. Save your money. Record a podcast. You're young. Save your money. <laughs> Go have fun. Go on trips. Can we talk about can. the fatal five way? Yeah, have a fatal five way. Have a fatal five way match. <laughs> don't get in a relationship. Just have a fatal five way. This was a great match. I'm really just trying to steer as far away from here. I do not want any relationship advice from you, Ron. Who died in the Fatal Five? <laughs> Who died? Um, hmm. Let's see. Probably mostly Bray Wyatt because he once again was built to be a a big, dominant, scary man. And then he ended up taking a frog splash through a table and nowhere near the finish. When the finish yeah, that sucked. Happened. All right. So running down it real quick, this sure. was a match between Roman Reigns. Finn Balor, uh-huh. the the beast within, but he was not. He was regular. <laughs> he was Finn regular Balor. Finn. Yeah. Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. uh, some more of Joe, some more of Joe, and Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was the five guys in the Fatal Five way. I said Finn Balor was going to win. You said Wild Card Samoa Joe was going to win. And your boy was right. We all know that you were right the entire top to bottom. Matt got every single thing on this card. Yep. Yep. Brilliant. And uh, some more of Joe is now the champion of something? No, he's no, the number he's one contender, contender for the Universal yeah, he didn't Championship. Win shit. Yeah. 
Uh, barely won. Boy, howdy, is he brilliant. First of all, I mean, this match was great. Like, him and Bray teaming up for most of the match was, was really, really brilliant work. Yeah, it was neat. I, why did that happen? Just naturally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't have any history or anything like that. It was just a matter of kind of like... The big dog's got to stick together. Well, yeah, the big dog's got to take down the big dog. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a matter of like, you know, kind of like enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like we are too, we can take down all these people if we work together kind of thing. And then we'll kind of, the, the implicit agreement was that they would like duke it out in the end. Right. This match was like an hour long. It was very long, which was great. Fantastic. It was, it was fun. There were parts where I was like, walked out of the room and came back and I was like, <laughs> oh man, it's like completely different guys in the ring. Yeah. There, it, it's, it was basically like four different matches the way they get like kept coming in and out and like mm-hmm. they would like doing uh phoenix downs outside of the ring and coming back to life and just it was insane (laughs) yeah it was it was wild um i I, and i I thought really good like they started out with uh another thing that was interesting is they kind of had roman reigns basically wrestling like a heel in the match which i thought was really really cool you know he starts off basically everybody goes at it and he just like stands to the side and is like all right if you could yeah that was that was pretty funny you guys do it uh which i thought was really really cool and, uh, you know, and then, and then, as you said, it kind of like descended into all these other matches we had and, and, and big spots too. You know, we had Seth hit a frog splash on Bray through a table, uh, Samoa Joe put Finn Balor in the Coquina clutch only to be speared through a freaking barricade by Roman Reigns. What does Coquina mean? I have no idea. I kept saying Cocaina. Cocaina. Co- cocaina. I don't know that maybe. The Cocaina clutch. I got nothing. Okay. Okay. Good, good radio here. <laughs> Um, and it, yeah, and then it resulted in like Finn Balor going through basically his whole finishing sequence over Roman Reigns. So, you know, like the baby face, uh, theoretically going over the heel Roman Reigns, um, you know, he's doing all his finishing moves, all this kind of stuff. He's got Roman set up for the pin only to be choked out in the coquina clutch by Samoa Joe. Yeah. Picking the bones right. Samoa Joe came in and stole the victory. He did. It was brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, so much about this was, was really smart because it, you know, it keeps... Finn Balor looking strong, uh, which they really want to do. They didn't use the demon thing, which I immediately was like, okay, he's not going to win. Uh, but it also keep, like protects the demon gimmick because like they want to continue to have fans feel like this is like a big, scary, fearsome thing, right? So they don't they don't want Finn Balor to come out like the demon and lose. So they had him okay. do his normal street clothes, keeps the demon looking looking fierce or whatever. Uh, you know, Finn Balor doesn't necessarily take. Uh, like a loss because a he didn't tap out he didn't give up he was knocked unconscious and therefore lost which is you know a pretty reasonable reason to lose um he got to do all his stuff he got to be basically set up to win but then still and but then like doesn't immediately get fed to brock lesnar either so it's like it's just a win-win for them the only person again that i feel like really lost in this match was bray wyatt because he basically did nothing again yeah there was there was nothing left for him he didn't even get the leftovers yeah it's a real shame. Real crying shame. Gnome Dark came out, ate them all. Mm-hmm. Ate them all up, took them back up in the spaceship. Gobbled them up. Gobbled them up. Gnome Dark. Uh, so I, I, I felt weird about this Samoa Joe victory because, okay. first of all, I didn't want to lose this badly on the card. <laughs> but second, and more importantly, I feel like he kind of stole it. Yeah. And I also feel like Samoa Joe is boring. Hmm. I, I I get that he's like a good fighter. Sure. But I feel like he's just a big guy. Like okay. he's not I like I I can't get a read on what his personality is, like what his gimmick is. It's mm-hmm. just that mm-hmm. he's Samoan. 
I mean, like, I, d- he I don't exist is his gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I think that he exists and he will murder you is basically his gimmick. Uh, he's he's yeah, I mean, like he's not someone who like leans into like though his name is Samoa Joe. It's not about his like Samoan heritage right. and stuff like that. It's just like he just seems like a bully. He's just like a big guy who who wants to fight everybody, yeah, and yeah. it's not like. Uh, he's not as I feel like it's the same thing as Kevin Owens, except sure. uh, Ko is like interesting about it, and mm-hmm. he's like mm-hmm. funny and tweeting about like he he broke his thumb or whatever, and he sent that tweet that was just oh, like I didn't see this. you didn't see it. No. Oh, I uh, it was a good tweet. We can uh, use the power of the internet again to look it up, so I can read it for you. He tweets a lot. Oh, here it is. Sad to report that hashtag the thumb of America is broken, <laughs> but fear not. I am, in fact, the toughest man alive and will not be missing any ring time. <laughs> and he posted this picture of his hand oh in a cast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that so is like fucking he's, incredible. So his his gimmick is he's just a big guy who fights people and he's yeah. kind of a bully. Mm-hmm. But he's also, like, super sarcastic and really funny about yeah. it. Whereas yeah. Joe just comes off as, like, serious about it. Yeah. And that's not interesting. I mean, I see, I see your point. But to be fair, Samoa Joe has had a fraction of the on-screen time that Kevin Owens has had. I mean, this promo that he cut with and this this work that he did with Paul Heyman on Monday was more or less the like first time he's really been in the spotlight and got a chance to like really show who he is and what he's about and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but he was just uh, like a, a bully. Yeah, I mean he's a he, he's he's the heel in this match. Right. He it, like against I Brock? Think, yeah, I mean I think that well, yeah, they but that's weird. They book Brock like a face because he's like the attraction, right? Everybody like wants to see him because it's so rare to see him. Yeah. Um it's like I mean, I guess it's kind of like an Andre the Giant kind of thing, and that like it was like a rare treat that you got to see Andre, and you were like really excited about it, or really like anybody back in the day because it was just like when it came to town or whatever. But right. like Brock wrestles like six matches a year, so it's always like a big spectacle when when he does wrestle. Um, and so I think like he gets huge pops, and so therefore they they book him like a heel. But similarly, like you're saying, like they book him like also like a mean, nasty, rude boy who likes to eat people's who loves ska who loves ska loves to skank out to the ring uh yeah so tell me about this uh this promo that it wasn't really a promo this this, this ring time that samoa joe got talking yeah, yeah. about uh mr lesnar so joe basically i mean he, he cut a fairly standard promo talking about how he's gonna beat up brock lesnar there was not a ton of nuance there he wasn't saying he was gonna do it for the kids he wasn't saying he's gonna do it for the troops he wasn't saying he was gonna do it for all of india or anything like that he was just like i'm gonna beat up brock lesnar <laughs> samoa joe india hero rep. of india <laughs> um so yeah he came out and did this and then paul Heyman came out and paul cut. what paul Heyman came out paul what paul Heyman. okay sorry i just heard you <laughs> um paul Heyman came paul. out and uh you know was talking about how you know, he was he was excited about, you know, Finn Balor, you know, he thought that would have been would have been interesting or whatever. But he said that, you know, Samoa Joe is basically the worst case scenario because Samoa Joe is someone he actually, you know, has fear for for the beast and things like that. And he said I think he said something to the effect of like he's not scared of what Samoa Joe is gonna do, but he's scared of what side of Brock Lesnar is gonna come out. Well he was like, You're gonna take something yeah. from Brock. Mm, yes, that's Physical right. Physical mm-hmm. something. Is real weird. He's gonna consume his aura. He's gonna consume his his the what makes him the the beast. What is Brock? He's the the beast incarnate. The beast incarnate. Because he's just big. He's a big old boy. Um, but yeah, ba- basically this this happened. These two. T- I, I mean, I think that Samojo has been great on the mic. I guess I I understand that you can see you don't quite understand like what his character is just yet, but. 
uh, or you know don't care what his character is, don't like his character. But I think he's really, really good on the mic. He seems very comfortable, and he seems very, very intimidating. I am personally frightened. Of well, him. yeah, he was intimidating because mm-hmm. he, uh, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul came out. Paul, Paul Heyman, Paul came out, and they, <laughs> Mister Paul, he got he got in Samojo's face, mm-hmm. and he was like. He was saying all this stuff like, "Oh, you're you're something. You're gonna take something from yeah, Brock." Right, right. And then he went for the handshake, and then uh, and then Samoa Joe got in his face mm-hmm. and popped him. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he, he broke him. A he, little. he broke him a little bit, indeed. He uh, uh, Paul. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you don't say it. <laughs> It's still a joke. Um, so so Joe ends up putting Paul Heyman in the cocaine clutch. <laughs> yep. he, he did. He, clu- I, he clutched him. He clutched him indeed. The, the, so he like he they both like threw down their microphones and then like Samoa Joe just like got like right in his face and was basically like whispering in his ear saying what he's going to do, which was really weird and interesting because like the whole crowd can't hear what this conversation is, but you know we at home the viewers could, which was kind of a weird thing. But then he ends up choking out Paul Heyman, which is interesting because generally like managers and Paul Heyman are you know they're off limits. You he, so him. what he said though was like I'm gonna put my arm around your neck mm-hmm. and like he was basically saying like I'm going to do this very specific move to you. Mm-hmm. And so it actually made me wonder like are we not supposed to be able to hear this? Like he's looking mm-hmm. angry and whispering it to him, but is he actually explaining like? Hey Paul, I'm about to do this thing. Like I'm going off script a little bit. Interesting. I'm gonna do this move, but we like could hear him say it. So yeah. instead, it was like a weird play by play for mm-hmm. what he was about to do. I mean, I I think I think that if if that was the case, they would have like cut that camera's mic or something like that as soon as they like realized what was going on. So I'm I'm assuming it was intentional, but I also wonder if maybe it was just like it was Joe's way of being like we haven't prepared for this quite yet. So I'm just going to like let you fully know what's going on here in a very, very intimidating way. Right. But well, I mean, like... cause the next promo was, uh, Paul on the phone with Brock. So, yeah, exactly. Like, like being, <laughs> a, being healed. Yeah. The, the, the best part of which is that Paul Heyman's phone <laughs> says Brock in all caps. Yeah. as his caller ID. Delightful. Uh, but yeah, then Brock calls, calls and, uh, and I don't know, puts puts Paul's concerns to rest. Says that he's going to come and he's going to take down Samoa Joe. And yeah, I don't know. But then Paul was like, "You got to do it sooner next week." Are we going to see Brock Lesnar next week? We are. Yeah, he's going to be on so? Raw next week. One hundred. They. I mean, they announced it. It is happening. But that's and he's going to fight Samoa Joe. But it's not going to be this title. Well, title he won't. Man. He probably won't fight him. He will oh, be there gonna... and he will be intimidating. They will probably uh, scrap a little bit, but it will not be like a sanctioned match or anything like that. I would be surprised if Brock actually has a match next week. I think it'll probably just be like a, you know, a promo kind of situation. Not dissimilar from what we saw tonight. Who's your, your, your dream, dream match? All wrestlers alive or dead? Wow. Okay. Well, not, uh, let's, let's narrow it down. Uh, uh, against Brock Lesnar. Who would you okay, like to sure. see fight Brock? That is a great question. Alive or dead? The dead guy is dead while he's fighting Brock, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker? Ah, uh, uh, well done. No, that that was not. I mean, Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker in the Undertaker's prime would have been good, but that's that's not happening. Um, I mean, for me, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe is is absolutely a dream match for me. Okay, God, you're boring. It's it's going to be a great match. I mean, so the thing, like again, you haven't seen much of Samoa Joe. 
like to me he has a really really interesting ring style because he is like a like in a lot of ways it's similar to Brock Lesnar and that they're both like pretty like they have a, they're both very like MMA influenced. They have a lot of like like straight strikes and punches and stuff like that. They both have like some some like pretty realistic looking chokeholds that they use and things like that. But Samojo can also be like super super agile. Like he does a lot of like quick kicks and and he also does some like really cool interesting like grapples and stuff like that. Like he does the muscle buster. He does uh, you know some stuff like that off the top ropes. He's got some interesting moves. So. I, I think that like the, the two of them are going to look really good together. It's going to be a really, really interesting match. I will say, I think my dream match is Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, okay. Yeah, because like those two are so incredibly opposite that I think it would be really, really interesting to see them work together. And I mean, the other thing is that was a match that Bryan really wanted to have um, but never got a chance to do because of you know not being able to wrestle anymore and yeah, other reasons. Being but, broken. Yeah, being literally broken. So Daniel Bryan is uh, the real life GM, or kayfabe? What? Well, what do you mean here? It there is no real life GM. <laughs> it so, is a, it is a completely. What's he the GM of? SmackDown Live. Then why why hasn't why isn't he ever on TV? Why is it always shame? because he just had a son? So it's oh, literally no, just sorry, like he had a daughter. Yeah, he's on paternity leave, my dude. I didn't know. I fucking, I didn't know that. <laughs> we talked want, about it on Mother's Day. And we talked about it on. Well, okay, I knew he had the kid, but we were we were recording before Mother's Day, and I don't remember seeing him as the acting GM. He was he was around. I would not be surprised if he was around less leading up to it too, because you know it's also nice to be home with your with your with your partner while they are about to have a baby. I'm sure. So uh, is Shane McBoy just there, it, like as a stand-in for now? No, Shane is the commissioner of 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 SmackDown Live. So here's here's how here's how it works. I just rolled my eyes. Sorry, that's bad radio. I (laughs) I rolled my eyes pretty hard though. Eye roll. Uh, Shane McMahon, Shane McBoy, is the commissioner of SmackDown Live. Okay. Stephanie McGirl is the (laughs) commissioner of Raw. When they split the two brands up, there's this whole thing about Vince was basically giving one show to each of his of his offspring to control. Got it. Then Kurt Angle is the general manager of Monday Night Raw. And Daniel Bryan is the ma- the general manager of SmackDown Live. So the idea is sort of that the general manager is more of the on-screen presence and makes most of the, like, matches week in and week out, stuff like that. And then the commissioner is kind of their boss, and they, like, oversee stuff. Leading up to WrestleMania, there was some tension between Mick Foley, the former GM, and Stephanie McMahon about how, you know, Mick wasn't doing his job, which ultimately led to Mick being fired and Kurt Angle coming in to take the job. So that's kind of what the... In kayfabe. In kayfabe, yes, all in kayfabe. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> the, the McChildren, are they <laughs> the in kayfabe or out? What do you mean? Are they the commissioners? Uh, I think it's just in kayfabe because I don't think commissioner is an actual role for okay. this well, fake sports. You, you don't really ever see Stephanie either. Right. Stephanie has just been gone since WrestleMania, um, okay. partially due to the fact that like the result of that match was her getting like injured. If you will recall, uh, she accidentally went through a table. Um, and so that's, that's part of why she's been sort of off time. But I think like this happened last year too. And that like after WrestleMania, her and triple H just kind of disappeared for a while, assumingly because they just want some time off and they're, you know, they can do that because they are important. And Kurt Angle has been great. Yeah. Kurt Angle is, is a delight. He's been great to have on. Um, and I mean, Daniel Bryan has been great when he's been on too, but you haven't seen a lot of that. So no, trust me he's great i think that he will be more of a like basically what shane has been doing is is kind of coming out to like hype matches and stuff like that and say it's a big deal which is not 
dissimilar from what he's done before. But I think that Daniel Bryan will be on more um, moving forward. He'll be doing a lot more of these sort of like day-to-day stuff and being like, I'm making matches for tonight. Whereas Shane McMahon is like, I'm making a big once-in-a-lifetime event, first ever women's Money in the Bank match at, at Money in the Bank. That kind of thing. Yeah, which we kind of touched on, but I get, we didn't really talk about who won. Oh, we touched on it because I wanted to make a joke. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, the match has not happened yet, so no one won. But yet. there was like a pre, uh, a, a six-person something. Yes, a six-person tag match leading up to it. That, but that didn't mean anything? It didn't nope. count for anything? Just, uh, just okay. uh, you know, entertain the people. And it was entertaining. Yeah. There was some interference. Mm-hmm. By Lana, who's somehow getting involved and rocketed up. From like Lana literally has no wrestling. Well, she's wrestled one match to my knowledge, and she's in a championship match in her. She first came out week. like in a ball gown. Yeah, that's I. So the, they've been hyping Lana for a few weeks now. She was a manager valet type person for Rusev for a while, who's also gone, but should be back soon because he's delightful. Um, but now they they wanted to transition her into being an actual wrestler. So they've been doing these little video packages, um, you know, promoting her basically leading up to it, and are all involved dancing with the chair to some like weird sax music it was weird it was like a i don't know if she's supposed to be like a like dancer a, or if they're just like trying to say that she's attractive or what exactly her gimmick is if she has a gimmick it's very confusing okay but she came out in a ballroom gown yeah still had her russian accent which i thought they were going to do away with the russian accent Wise. so rusev is, is bulgarian they basically have said that ipso facto whatever he is russian and so their whole thing was that like Lana was the ravishing Russian and was the manager of uh, Rusev, who is this Bulgarian brute that she would unleash on people and he would destroy them and all this kind of stuff. They had a match at WrestleMania 31 with John Cena and Rusev. This is a lot of backstory. I just just want to clarify. She did come out (laughs) with an accent. So they're planning on just being like, JK, she's an American. No, they're they're sticking with she is Russian. I thought they were going to be like J.K. She's American because she is American, but they were just like no, no, no. You can be Russian. That be that would be insane if they just dropped. Okay, first of all, it's insane that they have her doing this crappy accent. Yes, but it would be insane if they were just like. I mean, she hasn't she hasn't been on TV for like six months. They've completely rebooted her character. Like nothing about okay. anything else that she does besides this accent is really. Connected. What if she just forgot? Like, just come right. out and talk normal, and then she, like, said the first word and was like, fuck. Oh, now I, shit, damn. <laughs> now I gotta stick to it. <laughs> I mean, and this would not be the first time they've done this. Kofi Kingston was Jamaican when they debuted him, and now he is just a regular, well, not that Jamaicans are irregular, but he is American, <laughs> which is what he is. Well, actually, he's from Ghana, but, you know, he doesn't have an accent. Got it. Talks like an American. Talks like an American. Thank God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Had to go there, huh? I had to. Why not? Low-hanging fruit. Speaking of people who talk like an American, uh, we actually had a pretty interesting little promo from one Mojo Raleigh this week. Uh, I thought you were going to go into gender there yeah. for a second. <laughs> like, uh. I thought that that might be what you were thinking. Got to pull the old switcheroo on you. Switcheroo. On Cla- a classic blind a cla- tag gag. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mojo Raleigh came out and was talking to Shane and was like, Hey, you remember me? I won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Also, I beat Jinder Mahal. Remember that? And now he's the champion. What's up with that? Why am I not giving my shot? Which was a, a nice thing because, like, they've needed to basically prove, in a lot of ways, they've needed to prove Jinder's legitimacy. I mean, he's had good matches with Randy Orton. He's won more or less legitimately. Um, 
and you know he, he's okay he's cheated in like all of his victories right he's a heel but at the same time like he hasn't like completely been chicken shit in his matches like he's wrestled with randy just fine he's tough he's ready to go exactly he's won some other matches too but most of them have just been against like you know jobbers so this is like the fact that they brought this back and were like didn't just like kind of sweep this mojo feud under the rug was a really nice touch and so they they set up this match mojo had a really normal promo which is like usually he's really really like hyperactive and and wild because he's he's so hype bro Um, i don't know this guy at all yeah i mean there's not much to know and i didn't watch this clip yeah um but anyway the the point being they had a match jinder got the victory uh, and it was cool, but they also debuted a new entrance for Gender, which was was boy, boy which was I it did glorious. See. Yeah, it he was l- just kind of him walking. Yeah, but they did this like cool thing where like they have like the like it all starts dark and then he walks out and then like the stage like the the ramp just starts like filling with with like color and light and stuff as he like walks down to the ring. It's really cool. I don't know for some reason that didn't really register with me. It was more about like. They had the song playing, and mm-hmm. he came out, and like the Singh brothers were there, mm-hmm. and it just it didn't seem super interesting to me. Wow, really? Oh yeah. man, I just like it seemed like any by this. Like it could have been anybody's entrance. Like the like the music was playing, and the mm-hmm. lights were lighting up as he was walking out. Like that didn't. I mean, it was. I mean, part of it was it was new, but it just like I don't know. They like maybe I'll watch it again. Yeah, maybe I just I like won't. they they Who they knows? are treating him. I mean, it is to me. It is different than a normal entrance, and it also just like they're just treating him like he's a fucking god, like he's a king, and it's great. It works really well. I also discovered the lyrics to uh, to Jinder's entrance music this week. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I saw that. I saw some of it. Boy, which was uh, a thrill to learn. Are you going to do a dramatic reading for I'm us not here? Do on a dramatic air. reading of them. There was one line in particular that I wanted to call out. Yeah, let's hear it. it. We'll share the link to this. The whole lyrics to this are just fucking fantastic. It's great. The song's all in. Punjabi, yeah. uh, but let's hear it. Uh, let's hear your stunning rendition. Nope, that's not going to happen. I'm going to give original. you just one line in English, though, which is uh, "No mother has given birth to a child that can stop me," <laughs> which is there you go. There's, that's the truth. It's the greatest thing I've, I've the, the greatest burn I've ever heard. Like burn, I don't know. The, the the it's not only insulting you; it's insulting you and your mom. It's insulting literally everybody who has ever existed. No mother has ever given birth to a child. There's That's no solid. child on this earth, earth that can beat me. It's great. The more I learn about gender, the more I love him. He's he's just he's just fantastic. Really leaning into it. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up uh, this week with our with our favorite our favorite boys, the Brizongo. The Brizongo. Then the uh, we got a new episode of the Fashion Files. Fashion and Files again every single week. They fucking top it. It's a miracle. Yeah, this one was also very funny. This was a throwback to another. Uh, noir film from mm-hmm. the 50s, mm-hmm. uh, Dead on Arrival? Yeah, I think. And this wait, one was called yeah. Dumb on Arrival? Dumb on Arrival, that was it, yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think this is their longest one yet, which is great. And they also worked in The New Day, which was which was fantastic for a number of reasons. For starters, because like, the new day, they, they basically cut to The New Day out in the hallway, and they're in their, their colorful garb, as they usually are. But as soon as they enter the Fashion Files office bureau police station yeah as as a as a throwback to noir this was like filmed in black and white Mm -hmm. and then the new day out in the hall like outside of their set were in color yep and then they were in black and white when When they they were in in. and they like commented on it like they were like looking at each other and they were like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) it was brilliant it's so fantastic what is going on and then there's this they're, they're continuing this thing that that um fandango and tyler breeze apparently have telepathy 
and they th- they can't figure out how telepathy works, so they keep trying to talk to people telepathically, but they can only talk to each other. God, it was good. That's just brilliant. There were there were good visual gags. Mm-hmm. They they worked in the uh, the rompim, the yep. male romper, yep. which has been all the buzz on the Facebooks lately because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of uh, a Kickstarter, I believe. Yeah, it's been all the rage with the with the teens, the all teens. about those romp rompims. It was great. I mean, it, again, I'm just thrilled that like. Now that the new day is back and like in the title picture, they're not just like immediately sweeping Brazongo under the rug. And I think they're finding, uh, you know, good ways to utilize them too. I mean, it, it's the tag team division is tough because there's only like four teams or something like that, uh, maybe five on each show. And so it's like there's only so many different ways you can have like matches with those people, right? And there's only one championship, you know, there's not that much like room for different kinds of stories there. Um, so like the clones aren't really getting anything fun to do, but Brizongo has found a way to make this like a really, really interesting gimmick. Um, this really cool story and they're finding ways to work it into the other like main event tag team main event feud, which I think is, is really smart and clever. And you know, I, a lot of wrestling fans talk very fondly of the Attitude Era and like right. why it was the best and why they miss it and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that I remember the most fondly and one of the things they don't think they do very well anymore is they have people cross paths, especially backstage. Right now it's like if the Usos are feuding with the New Day, they only talk to each other and they don't really acknowledge anybody else unless like they ran- they randomly get put into like a tag match or something like that. Okay. They don't have like backstage segments where people just like interact and are people and stuff like that. This is, like, a great example of that because, like, Brizongo and The New Day technically don't have anything to do with it, with each other. Like, Brizongo had their shot at the titles. They didn't get it. They've kind of... They should be moving on, basically, to figuring out whose cologne was in their office. But instead, <laughs> they're, like, taking a week to team up with The New Day. I, I, I feel like effectively put both teams over and just have, like, a really fun and entertaining little segment. It was great. Well, it was well The nice. New Day came, came to them because they were looking for information about the Usos. Yeah, right. And and Brazongo gave them three boxes of <laughs> of stuff that was like costumes. Yeah, I really so, hope that next week they like go through those boxes. I, I was gonna ring. say, what yeah. are the odds that uh, that the new day comes out in like the janitor costume? Mm-hmm. I would say I would I I mean anything could happen. Anything could happen. I don't think they'll it's do the wrestling. costume thing. I think that's like they're gonna leave that for Brazongo's bit. But I do think that we're gonna see Tyler Breeze wrestle a match in a romp him, which will be a delight. Ah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see if that happens next week. And if it does, we'll be here to talk about it. There is another pay-per-view coming up in two weeks? There is. Two weeks. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There's more things to be excited about. Oh. I, uh, I, I put really? this all together today, but uh, they announced on SmackDown that someone's coming back. Who? On July 4th, <gasps> John Cena yes. returns to the ring. It's going to be beautiful great. on, on America's of July. fucking birthday. Is there a uh, is there a pay per view on July fourth? No, there's not. Um, they'll they'll be there. They'll be building to the next one, I'm sure. But he's going to be there. I think what they're going to be doing here, um, they're going to be getting pretty close to like building towards SummerSlam, which you know is a is a it's a big one. It's a big deal in it's the uh, WWE calendar. Big boy. So what what I'm thinking is going to happen is that John Cena is going to come back. He's immediately going to put himself into a feud with Jinder Mahal. For America, and he's going to win the title back at SummerSlam from Jinder. But I think that means that Jinder is going to beat Randy again, which will be fun. Interesting. Oh, I know John is also busy with uh, that TV show that mm-hmm. we talked about before. American uh, Grit, yeah. American Grit, The new yeah. season of it is coming out soon. Yeah, so now he's got to be back on TV so he can promote his TV show. Keep seeing commercials every time I watch a YouTube video. Yeah, and 
American grit shows up. WWE is just more and more infecting your they're just, your life. They're just advertising their own shit, though. It's like... Well, American grit is not tied to WWE at all. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's completely independent. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go, then. The more you know. Sorry. Sorry, John. <laughs> didn't, didn't mean to insult your, your, your side program. project there. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you know, overall, not, not the most exciting week in, in the world of wrestling. But, yeah, we had a pay-per-view. We had, uh... Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it wasn't exciting. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I think for Raw... I'm bored just, just, just recording this episode. <laughs> I, I think that for Raw, they've been, uh, they've been kind of stuck in a holding pattern. We, you know, we talked about Braun getting injured and how that kind of threw them off their course a little bit. Right. And it seems like, uh, I'm not the first person to mention this. I heard this on a podcast, but it seems like they were really in like a holding pattern uh, up until now. And now it seems like they've had extreme rules. They've kind of reset all those feuds. And it seems like there's a lot, just a lot more paths for them to dive down now. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see them go. I'm excited that Samoa Joe's at the top of the card and in being presented as a main eventer. Brock Lesnar is going to be back. Uh, you know, lots of, lots of interesting things. The beast incarnate. The beast incarnate back. himself. Eventually, we'll find out who's attacking Enzo and Big Cast. Oh yeah, they didn't. Matt they, Hardy they, and Jeff Hardy will be back at some point. They never like nothing happened with Enzo and Cast this week. Uh, some stuff happened. I didn't share, send you the clips because it wasn't that interesting. But basically, Cast got attacked this week. Oh, it resulted in Enzo having a tag team match with the Big Show, which was moderately entertaining. And they found a gold chain at the scene of the crime. Ooh. Where Cass got attacked. Where Cass got attacked. Oh. So so the, now it's like maybe it was Enzo. So is it Enzo or, faking or his own attack? Maybe there's someone else oh, with a gold chain. God. Maybe it was Gold Dust because he likes gold, right? Maybe, maybe it was any Italian. Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was that. Who knows? We'll find out next time. Thanks for listening to Blind Tag. Uh, thanks for listening to Blind Tag. Thanks it's for tweeting about Blind Tag. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, do tweet about us at BlindTagCast. If you have questions or concerns or comments, email us, BlindTagCast at gmail.com. Thank you to Small Parks for letting us use their song Restless as our in and out music. Yeah, this week. This Thanks, week. Small Parks. This, just this, week. Just I didn't, this week. I didn't say it last week because I wasn't thankful for it, and I wanted to make sure that it was sincere. But this week, I'm very thankful it for it. It was good this week. It was good this week. Last week, you, you guys kind of blew it. Yeah, the performance was a little off. So what you don't know is they actually recorded the song for us every single week. Yeah, they come into our, my apartment and they record like the first <laughs> like thirty seconds and the last thirty seconds yep. of the song yep. every week. It's brilliant. It takes a lot of long time to set up. <laughs> they got a really bad all system the we got here. going. Yeah, we fly them out every week mm-hmm. with all their equipment. Yep. It sucks. <laughs> but this week they were good. But this week they were good. They weren't. They they you know they fought off the jet lag. Gave it turned in a great performance. A real delight. Thanks, Small Parks. Thanks, Small Parks. Uh, that'll do it for this week. I'm Matt Raddick. I've been your face. I'm Ron Dolphalano, and I've been your heel. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Because you're falling in love when you shouldn't be.